Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. Today we're talking about family and the challenges of juggling your copywriting work with your personal obligations. Whether your family looks like partnership, children or something entirely different, it can be hard to keep everyone happy, including you. So let's talk about if and how it can be done. My name is Belinda Weaver. I'm a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass course. And with me is my fantastic host, co-host Kate Toon. A fantastic ghost. Um, yeah. <laughs> my name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the recipe for SEO success. So Kate, our intro question for today should be an easy one. What are the most used apps on your phone? Give me two. Um, does Podcasty app count as an app? Yeah. Okay, so Podcasty app and Facebook. Jeez, that's so depressing. Can I say um, Block Hexa, which is a game that my son installed on my phone and you kind of move blocks around. That makes me sound a bit more interesting, does it? Is, is, that, is that like Tetris? It's, it's No, it's harder than Tetris. It's really cool. Um, yeah, it's all I I was going to say Facebook and Spotify, which okay. I actually originally had. G- I think Gmail is actually my most used app, but that's the Facebook and Gmail just made me sound really tedious. Mm-hmm. So I was like, actually, Spotify is the app I have going almost all day, every day. So mine are, mine you are Facebook. You saying stuff like, you know, the Zen Calm app or, you know, green something or other app. But no, it's, yeah, it's Facebook. Okay. Yeah, Facebook and games and Facebook and music. That's yeah. that's us, people. That's us. We're dweebs. I bet you wish there was like a Midsummer Night's Murders app on your phone. Would you like that? There probably is, but I I have one of those boring phones that's game-free. Oh. I, I don't have distracting apps on my phone. It's- well, well, how do you deal with your children in cafes? I mean, that's what phones were invented for. Hand them the phone. Then they don't have to communicate with them. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. I do have a special folder. Just It's called emergency, emergency child. Uh, yeah, I don't do that, of course. I hand my child organic wooden toys to play with in cafes. and we. Uh, yeah, of course. We, we only have colouring and stickers and we have it. conversation. That's it. Well, that's so true. That, that lends us into our episode today of trying to deal with children. So. <laughs> Yes. yes, so let's let's get into it because this is a struggle many copywriters have, you know, managing workload, keeping clients happy, not alienating their family in the process, actually bringing their children up to be real humans. Yeah, it's a struggle. And uh, we'll mention here that when we're talking about family, we're talking about all different kinds of family. So, you know, we're, not, we're talking about mums and dads. Uh, we're talking about, you know, your partner, your children. Maybe you also have to care for your parents. So you're, you know, parenting up and parenting down. And, you know, even if your family is just uh, a load of dogs, it can still be really a struggle to try and manage the workload with all those other responsibilities. Yeah, so you're we're in the, the partners plus kids category, right, Kate? Plus so, dog. Um, plus dog. Yeah, plus dog, yeah. I'm not giving any anything away here, I don't think. Um, 
that's my dog in the background there. Um, you know, anyone who's followed us on social media has seen photos of our kids and our dogs, definitely. And um, and even us having a bit of a whinge sometime when we when we find we're struggling majorly. So you know, we balance our copywriting work, our courses, our communities, um, all our other worky stuff. You've got your books, and then we're doing pickups and drop-offs and holidays and evenings and. Oh my God, I'm exhausted just thinking about it now. So a lot of our listeners have this struggle as well and that's why we thought we'd tackle it because freelancers just don't get paid parental leave or sick leave or holiday leave or anything like that. So we wanted to talk about how different ways that you can actually balance the clients and the copywriting and your family and keep kind of everyone happy, kind of. So I want to start with a question, Kate, and that is how strictly do you balance the work time and the family time and what do your family think about what you do and how you do it? Two Um, questions. Yeah, so I think in terms of separation, um, you know, I try not to work at weekends ever. So, you know, I really try and make that a rule. Sometimes it happens, but it's kind of a fairly strict rule. Um, My husband also uh, has his own business and also works from home. So I think that makes a big difference. I mean, it's both a pro and a con. So having somebody, if one of your, you know, one of the people in the partnership um, has a full-time job, um, that can be a real relief because it means that that is the steady income. There's your mortgage sorted. They have regular work hours. They get paid holidays. They get all the benefits. So it's not such of a hardship that you don't, you know, whether it's the man or the woman. But in our family, both of us are self-employed. So neither of us have holiday pay or sick pay or anything like that. But also the pro is that it does lend us both flexibility. So, you know, if I'm having a really tough week, so this week for me has been quite difficult. So my husband has volunteered very nicely to do the pickup and the drop off from school every single day, which means I get a full day each day so I can work from like eight o'clock until five o'clock. And then I, the deal is that I go in and make tea and do the finishy offy bit, you know? Um, so that's, but it changes each week and we have that flexibility where, you know, if he's got a lot to do, I can take over. So I think we're lucky in that respect. You know, I do try very much to keep family time separate, but I, you know, I'm going to be honest here. I am on my laptop and I'm not fully present sometimes when I should be. Um, you know, I try not to take my phone out when we're having a nice day out with my son and, you know, I try. I don't always succeed. Um, you know, I don't have a magic wand that I wave and suddenly I stop thinking about work. Sometimes I'm still thinking about it. In terms of what my family think about what I do, I mean, they're very supportive. Um, obviously, my husband completely gets it, which I think is a big issue because I think I know a lot of people who are freelancers and their partner just doesn't get it, doesn't get what they're doing. Do you find that? Yeah, I ha- well, I've heard that story, but I'm, I'm thankful not to be in that boat because I think yeah. it would be really hard. Yeah, I know one um, freelancer who, you know, her husband is often putting pressure on her to make a certain amount of money. You know, like if you're going to be doing this thing, you need to make this much money, otherwise it's not worth it. Or you've been trying this thing for a while and it's not happening. So when are you going to give it up and get a real time, real job? And that that must be so hard because we already think that ourselves. So to have the person that, you know, you love most in the world (laughs) say it to you is a bit like, oh, thanks a lot, mate. But no, we're very supportive. And I think my son... You know, he's seven now. He is starting to get that we're different to other parents um, in many ways. Uh, He (laughs) recently requested a suit 
from Marks and Spencers because he, I think he just, he doesn't understand why his dad doesn't wear a suit and doesn't go to an office and doesn't wear a tie. I think it's more acceptable for mums to work at home. And I think, you know, a lot of, this is another thing we can talk about later on, but, you know, I don't know if he realises that I'm not just doing a couple of hours a week, you know, piddling around. It's like a full business thing. Of course not, he's only seven. But he's great and he does help. Like, I pay him to do little jobs. He gets pocket money sometimes if he helps me fill envelopes. And, and he, you know, he enjoys it, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's something I actually – well, it's something I talk about just on your on your last point. I talk mm. about with my daughter. She's only three. But I I try and – make sure I don't say, oh, I'm on the computer. I say, I'm working. You know, I'm working just like daddy works, but daddy yeah. works in an office and I do my working at home um, because I want her to understand that, yeah, I'm not just busy around on the computer having fun there. Um, but, you know, for me, it, my time actually does bleed a little bit, but that's mainly because I have a three-year-old and she doesn't have school time yet. Yeah. So she is home a lot. So sometimes I need to get some work done while she's at home. Um, and the other thing is because I'm in California, I have a time zone difference. So sometimes in the late afternoon or early evening, as when Australia is coming online, I'm starting to get emails and I'm starting to get um, social media responses. And a lot of that stuff can wait until the next day. But anything urgent that comes up that I feel I need to respond to, Sometimes I have to kind of have a time out from my family and just kind of quickly respond. Sometimes I pretend I'm doing that and I'm just checking Facebook. But yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all do that. <laughs> no, it's really important. It's really, I've got to do it. But otherwise, I, I try and have that separation as well. I really try and have work-free weekends because I think it's good for my family and it's good for me too. So, mm. I mean, that's my next question. How much of this separation is for you and how much is for your family? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I would love to be someone who could be a full-time parent and, and that be, be sort of enough for me, but I do very much enjoy my work. You know, yes, I whinge about it. That's my luxury, but I do very much enjoy it. So, you know, the separation, um, I hope I'm answering this question correctly. So, you know, I enjoy my work and I want to go and do that and then, you know, have a separate space, which is super helpful for me. So having my little cubby house where I do my writing, it's a clear sort of physical barrier <laughs> between my family. It is almost like a tiny commute. It's only three steps across my lawn, but it's a commute. Um, and then, you know, in terms of work and family time separation, it's pretty much all for them. I don't get a lot of time for myself. Do, do you, is that what you meant? I'm not quite. Uh, well, I was just thinking, well, I, I think that the work free weekends for me is not just about spending time with my family, but it's about me getting a break from work as well. But oh, I think. You know, and I think one of my students, actually, Alex Maynan, said that he and his wife both run businesses and it took for them to get a separate office space before they got true separation. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, it's not quite the she shed, but that's a really great idea where you have a physical separation that helps you create a stronger barrier so that it doesn't bleed so much. Because I think if you're always working, you're neither working very well or being with your family very well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, and that separation can be as much as a door that you close that you don't open again. Um, you know, I know um, one of my, the copywriters in my little community, her husband built her a desk workspace in her wardrobe. So when the wardrobe's shut, that's it. Do you know what I mean? It can, it, it, it's a lot to do with willpower. Um, and I think, you you know, you can get that separation at home, even if you work on your kitchen table, if you've got the willpower. But it's so easy to just go back and check um, so when I'm really wanting to do family stuff, I actually take all the apps off my phone, um, which means I have to put them all back on again when I'm back in thing. But I, I am not good at not checking every few minutes. I'm terrible. Mm, so it's I, tough. I have to just uninstall the apps and then that's the barrier that stops me doing it. God, I sound so weak, but I am. No, it's I have exactly the exactly the same thing and I would love to say that I'm sort of just don't check, but it's not true. And it's part of how we use the devices and how we use technology and stuff like that. But you know, the willpower is one of the tips that we're gonna give a bit later. So spoiler yeah. alert there, everyone. <laughs> and and do you do you ever feel guilty? This is guilt. I think a lot of people have this guilt. Oh. I think I did a lot more when my son was small. Um, you know, and he was little and he needed me a lot more. You know, I, I felt like every time, every minute I took away from him was like taking time away from him. Um, but I would have also gone crazy if I spent all that time with him. It was good to have that break for work and to make me feel like, you know, my old self again and to use my brain in a different way than, and than just, you know, parenting. Um, yeah. so I do feel guilty. I feel less guilty now. I mean, the kids going to school is a big change and I'm sure anybody listening, who has children who've gone to school, it is a big change because, you know, the day is very short, but you, you know, if, if you feel good about school, which I do, it's a great school, you are completely responsibilityless for those six hours. You can completely almost forget about your child for six hours. You're not trying to quickly write a blog post while they are in the other room watching Peppa Pig. Do you know what I mean? It's different. You are free. So that was the turning point for my sort of work-life balance um, because if you know if you do get six hours every day for a week I'm not good at maths but I'm thinking that's about 30 hours and that's enough for me do you know what I mean yeah I that's a good point that, you know so and, and it makes you cherish I know the time that I have uh, a couple of hours say with preschool or, or a bit of daycare yeah. or whatever when I have a couple of hours to have a crack at something and do some proper thinking work I cherish the time we have together a bit more yeah. uh, respectfully <laughs> Because I've done so, some stuff. Yeah, I think the thing that I find so ironic, and it's something I keep sort of kicking myself and going, oh, my God, I can't believe I've got to go and pick him up and take him to this, you know, because I want to finish this stupid thing that I'm doing that actually isn't that important. But then I'm like, why did you become a freelancer in the first place? It was so you could stop and take him to the thing, you know? And, and yeah. that's the thing that I have to keep trying to remember, that – that the whole reason I became a freelancer was to have some flexibility in my lifestyle. So embrace the flexibility in my lifestyle, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what I try and remind myself of a lot. Um, I know a lot of mums who, who have to work full time and they look at me rather wistfully at the amount of time that I get to spend with my family, my little people. And then I look at their life rather wistfully <laughs> that they get to go and be in an office. But, you know, that's always the grass is always greener. But I am quite lucky and that's exactly why I made the choice as well. Um, and I think it's good for kids to see their parents working in different spaces. Yeah. 
I agree. Like me, I just, I'm always telling, you know, mine, I'm like, I am actually working and it's important. And we have conversations about it um, and how it's daddy's work and mummy's work and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I'm interested to see the impact of raising a daughter while being a business owner at home. Yeah, well, my parents um, had full-time jobs and then my dad started his own company. So when I was young, you know, I was the person stuffing envelopes. Um, and I remember even then that I loved the fact that no matter, I could work as much as I wanted to and earn as much as I wanted to. Does that make sense? So if I sat and chose to do 10 envelopes, I would earn, you know, 10 times 10p. But if I chose to sit and do three hours, I could earn more. And maybe that was the very germ of solo businesses because, you know, you have the opportunity to make what you want to make if everything is going well. Whereas in a job, you can work your bum off, but you'll only get what you get. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. I'm an entrepreneur from an early age. I love that. Yeah, so maybe it will be the same thing. Or, you know, I think it's always the way, isn't it? Either kids go one extreme way or the other. So they'll be very anti-entrepreneur or they'll be entrepreneurs. But, yeah. So let's dig into some tips we have on on how we manage the juggle of it all. Um, you Do you want to start? Yeah. So, you know, I um, when I was doing more full-time copywriting work, I was very – I took real thought and time about how much I could do in a week and how many jobs I could get through. Um, I was very strict with things like um, calls and discussion time um, because, you know, they can eat into your uh, day. Um, and, you know, I was very strict about when they happen because I find that if I have like a call in the middle of the day, it's quite draining in terms of energy. And then I find that, you know, I'm not getting much done in the afternoon. So I would always get my calls out of the way first thing, turn my phone off and try and get, you know, five clear hours of writing with a little wee breaks and whatever. So that was one thing. And then, you know, I'm not much good in the evening. So I would love to say that, you know, that I would get back on the computer at 7.30 and do more. But I am by that point, I am brain dead. So I always gave my evenings to myself. That's maybe when I do things like social media or tweeting, because you can do that pretty brainlessly <laughs> if you if you do social media like I do anyway. Um, you know, I did outsource some stuff quite early on. Um, so, you know, admin level stuff. I took a look at, hard look at my hourly rate versus the hourly rate of people I could outsource to. Um, you know, if my hourly rate at that point was maybe $100 and they were charging $30, well, then it made sense to outsource some stuff, not everything. I'm not very good at outsourcing, as we've discussed before. So I did that. And I think the main thing, though, and this is not really a time management tip, but was to just accept imperfection you know imperfect action I think it's called these days so you know do what I could do write how good I could write not think about it too much just get it done and get it out and and be content with that because I didn't have time to overthink it yeah I think that that's a really that's a really important one to start with you know it's like rather than spending 15 minutes pissing around on social media, spend 10 minutes doing on something that that actually matters, that brings you forward to your goal, which is something we've talked about on the pod. And I think keeping your goals in focus is really important. When you don't have a lot of time, you cannot waste it. Um, my, my tip is probably one for copywriters with kids, and that's that childcare is not a bad word. 
So I think, you know, a lot of people I know get really creative with their childcare. They swap with friends, they do play dates, they actually have daycare, you know. I think it's good for kids. You know, I know um, people who run their own business who work at the gym using the gym's childcare as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they do a workout and then they get a bit of work done. So, you know, get smart about uh, using childcare options. I know the last couple of pods we've recorded, um, Kate will confirm, I've actually been at friends' houses doing play dates and recording the pods in their bedrooms um, because I haven't had another option. So, you know, use the people, get creative, and childcare is not a bad word. Yeah, you make it work as the best you can. And I think leading on from that, you know, if you do only have like micro bubbles of time, so you know that you have half an hour, you've, you've gone to the gym, you pretended you're going to do a run on the running machine, but instead you go to the cafe and try to do half an hour. I think um, one tip that super helped me when I have to get a lot done quickly is to use the Pomodoro technique. I think we've mentioned this before. There's an app Love it. called Tomato Timer and you set it for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and you do what you can do in that 25 minutes. And it, after a while, you start thinking of tasks in 25 minute blocks. So, you know, it's going to take me and um, uh, Belinda 25 minutes to record this blog, maybe a bit more. And then she might spend another 25 minutes later doing the editing notes. And I'll spend 25 minutes coding the WordPress blog. You know what I mean? And you start to think of, and then if it's a longer project and you think, well, that's three 25 minutes is, um, and that that's worked super well for me. It's a real discipline. Um, and that's been really powerful. It's just another way of setting boundaries for yourself you know we've talked about removing apps from your phone and we've talked about saying you know this is family time this is not but you really want to pump some work out doing it in little 25 minute blobs can be super powerful I think yeah and I you just you have to knuckle down and be strict with yourself you you can't say oh I don't have time to do um, client work and I'm not spending enough time with my children and then spend wasted time on Facebook. Like I love being on Facebook, but you really have to have some discipline the less time you have available. If you want to enjoy the freelance lifestyle of that work-life balance that everyone talks about. Yeah. Um, I think my, my next one is setting expectations. Training clients is a great, great practice. So, you know, what I'm talking about is not answering emails in the evening and on the weekend and um, not answering your phone. If you don't want to get embroiled in conversations with clients or set the expectation that you're just available 24-7, then you have to train them and you have to start doing that by not responding unless, of course, it's super urgent and you think the project's in jeopardy or your business is in jeopardy or, or things like that. And, um, you know, I think when it comes to social media, we, we sort of hinted at the addictive nature of checking your phone. And I think going back to being strict, but you have to have some separation. So there are going to be notifications um, that come up. And I think this is especially true for new copywriters. You're just starting out on social media. You think you have to respond to everything within five minutes. I remember having dreams about Twitter when I first started because I was I was so stressed out at not responding. No one was talking to me anyway. But I would just I was kind of overloading my brain. But you have to uh, train the people who you talk to, whether it's clients or your social media contents contacts, that you're not necessarily going to respond within five minutes. And I think when you do that, um, you can breathe a sigh of relief. What I used to do is actually have an, an out-of-office 
responder that hit my email and said, I check emails at 3 p.m., so um, I'll respond to you then. Yeah. And that, that meant people went, oh, okay, she'll reply then. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk a lot about this on the pod about having processes and being the leader on the project, not the creature on the project. So I think setting those, uh, you know, I am at work between these hours and that's when I'll respond. I see a lot of people in my community going, go, you know, the client rang me at like eight o'clock. And I'm like, well, why did you answer? Just think yeah. You know, nothing we are doing here is life or death. Nothing. And very few of your clients, the only time I think when a copy job is so important is like when there's a TVC or television ad going out at a certain time and things have to be done. Everything else can wait. Deadlines are generally self-fabricated. Do you know what I mean? So if if you don't want the client to call you at eight o'clock, never answer at eight o'clock. If you don't want the client to text you, never text them back. You know, reply to them back on email. You know, you need to take control of the relationship. You will not upset the client. They will respect you for it. And mm. I think what I found on social media is, you know, I now run lots of communities. Um, I get maybe about 300 notifications a day from different things that I post. Oh, my God. I know. Like, if I left it all day. So what I now do is, you know, I will, you know, maybe post something, and then I will respond to the first maybe two or three comments, four or five comments, and then I set turn up, turn notifications off on that post so that I don't get any more because I can't kind of like everybody's comment. I can't respond to everything. It's just unrealistic. And, you know, if some people are unhappy that I didn't like their comment or respond to them, you know, gosh, life's too short and I just don't have the capacity for it. So I think it's training your clients, but also training yourself to ignore the noise and ignore the notifications. It can be so difficult when you see that little number up there saying you've got seven messages and three. You know, it can be terrible, <laughs> but you yeah. have, to, have to let it go because, you know, I remember Darren Rouse, who we've had on the show, um, uh, said when I saw him speak a long time ago that he would wake up every day and spend about an hour responding to email and social media and Twitter, answering individual questions. Lots of the time people didn't even say thank you. And he was helping one person at a time. And so he just decided to stop doing it and instead start making things that answered those problems. and giving those out instead and helping hundreds of people rather than individuals. So you just stopped doing it. And if you interact with Darren Rose online, you'll see that, you know, he does comment a little bit, but he makes no commitment to commenting on every single comment or answering every single tweet. And I respect him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Okay. What were we, what's our next thing? We were going to talk about um, energy, time and energy and, and having a schedule, I think, weren't we? Um, I thought we could quickly cover not saying yes to everything. Oh, yes. That was <laughs> – yes. Don't say yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Um, So I think, you know, it can be very tempting when you start out to um, accept every job and, and obviously we all worry about the feast and famine, that it will be majority famine. Um, But you have to be realistic about what you can achieve. So as I said right at the beginning of the episode, I, I very quickly worked out how long it took me to do things and therefore how many of the things I could do in a week. And also, you know, allowing for the fact that at least an hour a day will be you just staring at the wall or staring at social media because we just can't be productive solidly for eight hours a day. It's impossible. I actually asked in my group how many writing hours a day people manage to do, like how many actual, they're not billing, they're not writing briefs or proposals or talking to clients. And the average was four hours a day. 
Um, that was the maximum. And that's some people, those people were full-time copywriters, so working 40 hours a week, but they could still only actually physically write for four hours a day. So that's something interesting to think about. So if you've only got four hours a day to write, how much can you write in those four hours? How many projects can you take on? And therefore, how many people are you going to have to say no to? And the other thing there is, you know, exposure dollars. Um, you know, try and keep the opportunities to a minimum. Um, you know, Belinda and I are obviously now so famous. I'm joking. We, <laughs> we get asked to do stuff. You get asked to comment on blogs. You get asked to be on podcasts. And I'm not so up myself that I don't still get excited by that and say yes to pretty much all of it. But I am trying to get a bit better at going, you know what, Kate, your week next week is really busy and you just need to say no to that and not not put more pressure on yourself, you know? Yeah, I get a bit excited where I'm like, what, you want me to run a thing and host a what's it and be on a <laughs> pod? And, yeah. And, uh, and it's flattering and it's awesome. But then all of a sudden you go, oh, I've got to put a – two-hour presentation together now. Yeah, I've got to do that. This week I've had like, you know, three mornings where I've had to get up, walk the dog at six so I can be online by 7.30 because of global, you know, people overseas. And it's like, that's miserable. I don't don't like that. I like my bed. So I'm going to start saying no to that. (laughs) I don't want to go global because I have to get up too early, you know. And, you know, just your point there about kind of being kind to yourself what we've talked about with each other is is kind of how you live is up to you and that's why this freelance gig is so awesome if you if you have the discipline to make it work um but if you keep saying yes to everything or you're taking if you're doing something is actually that you don't like that it's draining your energy and your time um you're not bringing enjoyment to what you do so it's up to you to say no to those things mm-hmm. and you know many copywriters with older kids one reminded me recently as I kind of struggled to get my mind around not having much availability with a, a little one and a, a miss three that um there is plenty of time to work and yep. that kids are kids not for very long in relative you know relative time so I I do I've been reminding myself a lot of that because I feel you know I think you and I are both quite ambitious and we love what we do so this is kind of anxiety that we're not getting to do all the things that we want to do but if we spend too long looking at the things that we're missing out on or we think we're missing out on or too long doing things that we're not actually enjoying then we are genuinely missing out on precious things and I don't want to get to a point where I look back with regret I think that's it and I think you know another thing that I say a lot to people here is that the world will wait uh you know so there's a lady in my group who who just got pregnant and you know she she was really worried that you know it was going to ruin the flow of everything and she would never get more work but the world will wait there's always yeah. going to be room for you there's always going to be time and um, you know it's a hard lesson to learn because as you said we both do want to achieve things but Really, you know, it's me launching a little mini e-course that important. You know, can it just wait a couple of months? Is, is anyone going to die? No. So, yeah. So how about um, your schedule? How do you schedule your week? Well, I would love to say that I have like Monday is the blogging day and Tuesday <laughs> is the podcast day and Wednesday is the social media I day. I thought you did that. I thought oh. that was how you did it. I used to do it that way and I remember Darren Rouse saying that that's the way he does it. Um, he actually – because then he know, he always knows what it is he has to do and yeah. he's not kind of looking around at what is the biggest priority. But I have to admit in the last mm, 
three years, um, it's become a bit more random for me. So I tend to, you know, the night before I tend to set my to-do list and work out my priorities, but I don't have as drastic a scheduling as I used to. But I think it is a very, very good idea to stay organised. Um, one of my students, Di Challoner of Whistle Communications, um, she actually ran through her schedule with me and, oh, my God, I needed to lie down because she's got three kids, she's got her business, she runs, uh, she does bookkeeping for her husband's business um, and she's also studying and she's like Kelly Exeter. She gets up at like 4 a.m., Yes. To, to get it all done. And she has a schedule down to a half hour, but that's how she gets it all done. Mm. Um, I don't know how she lives uh, at the end yes. of it, but I think being organized can really, really help. And not just superficially organized, but I actually think having specific days to do specific things means you don't miss out on them. Yeah. How, I, what's I, your I, schedule look like? Well, I'm trying to be a bit more scheduled. By the way, guys, I must apologise for the relentless dog barking in the back garden. It's not Pomplemousse, my dog. It's the dog next door. I don't know what's going on. So I do apologise if you can hear that. Um, uh, look, I, I try and have a schedule. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, you know, I had, again, we're mentioning Darren a lot. We're, we're obsessed with Darren. But um, I tried to copy his um, sort of structure for his day. You know, so he does his social, then he does a bit of this and a bit of that. But so many things plop in that I have no control over. So somebody wants to do a podcast. and I, Yeah, I have a day that I would like to do my podcasts on, but they're not free on that day. Um, so I jiggle my schedule around to accommodate them. Maybe I should do that a bit less. Um, also, because I have a lot of groups and communities and I have regular sort of coaching calls with those, they take a lot of energy from me. So I kind of have, oh, look, I've got a coaching call at 8am and then I'll spend the whole day doing this. But then by 10 o'clock, I'm done in because talking for an hour about anything just takes a lot of my energy. So I don't really have a schedule. Um, you know, I, I have things that I try and do every day. So I try and walk the dog every day. I try and have a lunch break every day. Um, but no, I'm still working on that. That's a work in progress yeah. for me. It's a terribly good idea that everyone should be doing, uh, but we don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but, you know, I, I try also this, my thing this month was to try and get out of my hut and go and do some things. So I booked into two networking events, um, round table thing and a, and a workshop thing. And I ended up canceling them two days before because I was like, I can't afford a day out of the office. So, you know, I need to work on that. I want to have enough room in my schedule that I can sometimes just go, hey, what the heck, I'm going to go to this thing because it interests me and I need to feed my creative brain. Um, but at the moment, I find other little ways of doing that. So, you know, I try and get outside and go for walks. Um, I, you know, I try and indulge in a few hobbies, read books, have a, have a little bit of fun. Um, what, do you, what do you do to kind of chillax? Um. Well, I, cause I have a dog, I get to walk the dog every day. So that's yeah. a nice thing that I actually miss when I don't get to do it. Yeah. Um, when the weather's nice and in California, it's nice for a lot of, a lot of the year. It's just getting some outside time, I find. So, you know, if I'm having, if I've got some work done and that's all the work time I get in a day and now it's time for me to spend some time with my child and my family. Like I, I love going to sit out in the back garden and just maybe getting some fresh air. And, you know, that's when we as a family, we listen to podcasts and yeah. um, put some music on and, and stuff like that. And it doesn't sound very interesting. And I love to say I have other hobbies, but 
I just think if I can get outside and it's not a TV thing and I can step away from the computer and get some fresh air and sunshine, I feel a lot better about everything. Yeah, that sounds nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, sometimes we have other things to do and we want to make time for them. Um, You know, we want to... We want to do our things and there's nothing wrong with that. We are not slaves to our clients. Yeah, I think it's really important not to apologize as well. Like I think a lot of, a lot of people, maybe mums especially, I don't know. I don't want to exclude dads from this, but you know, we're always uh, feeling a bit bad. It goes back to the guilt about not servicing everyone. Um, and we often get skipped, but we might say, Oh, sorry to a client. Oh, sorry. I've got to go and pick up my child. No, no. You just, you know, you skip the apology and just say that's what you have to do. Or, um, I'm afraid I'm not available after 5 p.m. You don't have to apologize. No, it's funny because I'm, I'm not taking on any more clients at the moment. I'm booked out for a very long time. For a long time, I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm not free. And I was a bit wishy-washy about it. And then people would come back and go, well, I'll wait a little bit. And could you not fit me in here? Could you not? And I'll be like, no, no, you know, and it went back and forth. And now I've, cause I've done it so often. I'm just like, hi, I'm not free. I can recommend someone else. And yeah. just, I just don't care, you know? And it's like, I'm not free. It's not, I'm not lying. I'm not, you know, I'm just not free. And I don't yeah. know you and I don't owe you anything. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. And, you know, I'm as soon as you, sorry. <laughs> I was sort of like, yeah. Be busy is all I said, yeah. Yeah, and we don't need to apologize. No, no. Um, so I, I think we should wrap up with some advice. I think we've given some pretty cool tips, even mm. if we don't necessarily follow all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the people, um, my students in my course community, what the one piece of advice that they would give would be your new copywriters who are thinking, oh, I've got kids, I've got, you know, caring responsibility, I've got a partner. Can I actually do this? And, um, Janice Moore Bryce actually said, um, fear of failure is a terrible drain. Don't try and do everything at once. Take one step at a time and you'll get there, probably faster and definitely in one piece. And mm-hmm. I know she was actually talking about the learning curve there because mm-hmm. when she started her business, she was like, I don't know about social media and I'm a little overwhelmed so that she's very much approached it. Just take it one bite at a time and do what you can. And I think she's doing really well with that. And um, Amy Williamson, I got one, another one here. She said, uh, my advice would be to be realistic about what you can fit in a day and week and get honest about how much and when you want to be working because you're the boss, Yes, which pretty much reflects what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I think um, those are two great, great pieces of advice. And I I think that's really it. You You have the power. You have the power to control your life. And it often doesn't feel like that. And it's very easy to get wrapped up. You know, and other people's urgency becomes your urgency. You can only do what you can do. You know, we've talked a lot about comparisonitis on this blog. You're looking at other people. You have no idea what their reality is. You don't know if, you know, they've locked their kids in a cupboard watching television so they can get that fantastic ebook written. You know, it's not about them. It's about you, what makes you happy and what makes you enjoy being a copywriter and enjoy it. Because if you start to put too much pressure on yourself, you'll start to hate this job that you dreamed about having um, and you know you'll you'll wonder what why you're doing it so I think uh, Amy's advice there is, is a great thing to end with you are the boss you get to choose so um, I, I've really enjoyed this one I think we've I think we've got a lot of our, a lot off our chest Kate <laughs> we have it's like a therapy session isn't it <laughs> 
So, um, as we say goodbye, regular listeners will know that we read out um, a review of the show. And today, uh, I've chosen Amanda Van Elderen. And she just says, just finished the latest episode on subcontracting your copywriting, which came along just when I needed it. I always say I'm too busy for podcasts, but if you're a copywriter or you've ever thought about it, find some time. Barricade yourself in the bathroom, parents. Take the long way home for a few extra minutes in the car or zen out on a cloud on a mountaintop. Monkey magic style let Kate and Belinda give you the juice and I I chose this one for a few reasons because locking yourself in the bathroom is definitely what something I know we both do and she mentioned monkey magic which I think is awesome she's hilarious Amanda Van Aldrin I I, I just like her intensely because she writes far more funnier articles than I do so let's never mention her name on the podcast again (laughs) (laughs) and so Thank you for listening as well. If you like the show, um, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We love them. We read them. And, of course, we give you a shout-out on the show. And if we know who you are, we try and find your business as well and give you a link. So you can also, if you've got comments on the um, on the podcast, this particular episode, head to hotcopypodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd also love to hear about your most used app. Um, is it Facebook like Kate and myself so you can actually respond on our Facebook page or on Twitter so that's it for today thank you Kate thanks Belinda until next time happy writing so you're still listening great because I wanted to tell you about my new podcast the recipe for SEO success show Sadly, this one's just me, Kate Toon, but it is packed full of useful, practical, doable SEO tips and advice. You can find it in the iTunes store, on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Just search for The Recipe for SEO Success Show. Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters. I've lost my mind. <laughs>